What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Second Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Ars. I'm your other host, Elijah Venencia. How's your week been, Johnny? You know, it's been a pretty big week in terms of music, but how's your personal week going first to start off? Well, it was my first week as an unemployed person with a master's degree, so that was pretty cool. Um, applied for a lot of jobs this week, been applying for a minute. Hopefully, I figure out something here soon. Obviously, you know, not too much in the music industry around hopes and around the VC. So we'll see where that we'll see where I end up. But I don't know. It's it's going to be a whole process. I'm committed. I'm ready. So whatever. But yeah, it's been a week uh, today. Got to go special shout out to, you know, our two past guests, Lauren and Sammy, both graduated college today. So shout out to them. Went to Lauren's graduation. For those of you who don't know, Lauren is my sister. Um, it was so hot unbearably hot um it was outside it was long but it was it was good it was a nice little ceremony i guess it was okay um man i had one moment though where i was just like embarrassed and disgusted with myself there was this kid sitting next to my mom in the same row as us and then like as the ceremony went on people kind of just start filing out like after their kid college had been you know announced or whatever they would just start leaving that includes some of the graduates on the field they just started like walking out i was like I could not imagine doing that, but like respect because it was very hot and long. So if you want to get out of there, more power to you. But anyway, so as some people started filing out, this kid moved up and sat right in front of me and he had roses. So I'm assuming for, you know, his significant other that was, or, you know, what? maybe not, maybe that's me being presumptuous, somebody, he had roses for somebody and he set them down on the bleacher, which, you know, is like, I don't know, not super big. And the roses were way longer. And I actually bumped them with my knee like a couple seconds later. Hit Rose side first on the concrete part. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> but I just like put my head in my hands and just sat down for a second. And I just sighed. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Felt, felt so bad for the kid. Felt so bad for whoever received them. Hopefully they didn't get messed up too much. But then yeah, I put it in front of him. I was like, you could have probably just done that in the first place, but. Hey, I'll take the blame on that because it was on me. I don't know, man. It just sounds like from your side of the story, the placement on it was all off and everything. But hey, you know, it's it, it'll it all probably ended up okay. You know, it's the idea that I counts so. versus the roses. The exactly. roses are gonna crumble anyways. So exactly, and they were already looking pretty gross. Like it's hot outside, and like they're not watered. It was they were looking a little shriveled up. But hey, whatever. It's the gesture that counts, like you said. How's your week been going? Uh, not too bad, you know. Uh, stopped a robbery at work this week. I, I yeah. won't get into the story. I feel like I've said it so many times, but I did stop a robbery. Um, catch me next week, front page of the commercial news, along with me receiving the key to the city as well. So, W, you compare yeah. yourself to Batman, and I think that's well deserved. Definitely, you know, it's it's a crazy situation. You know, luckily I ended up all right, and everything worked out well. You know, other than that, you know, just finishing up finals. Um, I, I haven't told you this yet, but we've had like this marketing, these marketing interviews and everything, or we had to have a networking interview as well. So you are my marketing interview. Um, that was a great interview we had that we actually didn't have. If you're, if you're listening right now, Mr. Slavic, I'm sorry. Um, hey, I would have given you some gems. I would have been spitting game, but hey, your loss, I guess. No, I mean, it's nothing against you, you know, it's just getting it done, you know, just bullshit it pretty much you know I just respect get, that. getting out of my last week and then this you'll even think this one's funnier here my networking um project that i just had to have a five to ten minute interview with is with your friend levi we connected on linkedin wow. and yeah that we had a great interview this week as well so if you're listening levi shout out you shout out to levi he'll be a guest on the podcast sometime soon he actually just made his podcast debut with Another podcast about another friend of his about hockey. Levi's a big St. Louis Blues fan. Um, so, you know, I'm not really a big hockey guy, but I caught some Blues games back in our day living together. So go check out his podcasting debut. I think the podcast is called Puck Time with Pete. Um, yeah, go if you're a hockey, go check it out, I guess. I can't really say um, if it's a good hockey podcast or not, because I really don't know what they're talking about, but Hey, shout out to my boy Levi. We'll get him on here soon. That was just a warm up for this real podcasting, uh, debut. Definitely. Anyway, let's move on a little bit here to the NBA, the NBA. We got some two big game sevens tomorrow, I guess yesterday when this podcast is going to come out. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Celtics fan, so I'm feeling a little nervous about this game seven. 
There's been a lot of road wins in this series, but I think the Celtics are going to pull it off at home. And I don't know, it's going to suck because my sister has another graduation ceremony at one, the game's at two 30 central time. And my family's like getting, you know, lunch, dinner, whatever. Afterwards, there's pictures afterwards. I'm just going to find a way to watch this game because I can't miss it. You cannot miss a game seven in a year. The Celtics look this good. And if it's the last game of the season, that'll also suck. Um, I'm going to be very sad if it's end of the season because it's been a great turnaround. Great team. Love watching them so far. And I think, you know, there's potential for the championship. So, hey, we'll see. What do you think is going to happen in tomorrow's game sevens? I just, it's going to be very tough to see Giannis losing a game seven closeout game the way he's been playing. But, you know, I have to admit his supporting cast hasn't quite been there. He's without, you know, the clutchest player on that team, Chris Middleton. So, I mean, I'd be optimistic going in, of course, you know, no worries for me. Miami, my Miami Heat took care of business, you know, put out the Sixers. Yeah, the 76ers in six. So it's just a matter of who we play. You know, I'm confident against either team. We were the last team to beat Giannis in the playoffs and we've already, and we took care of the Celtics during that playoff run as well. So respect. I, mean, I just think whoever wins is just the runner up in the Eastern conference. So no one's stopping Ooh, Jimmy buckets. That's big talk. I don't know. Like you said, though, stopping Giannis is crazy. That man could have like 55, 50 of which will be in the paint tomorrow if he wants. Like he's just crazy. He could have a 50, 25 game he's like the modern day Wilt. Sometimes I feel like he's just doing crazy things. Um, just dominant, but yeah, pretty crazy. That- I'm excited though. It's going to be a good game seven. Obviously I hope it's a blowout Celtics win, but I also hope it's a close Celtics win um, just for the sake of having a good game. But that I mean, I'm also pretty excited for the Mavericks against the Suns Cause like kind of go either way. Luca is like the best player in the series. D book is a dog though. CP3 would be dope to see him in the championship again. Be cool to see him finally win one. If the Celtics lose, I probably would be on the team Suns. So we'll see, but they could both be out tomorrow. So we'll, we'll have to see. Definitely. You know, it'll be a good day of basketball. By the time you guys are listening, you'll know the results. So let's throw out some predictions. We'll see who's right here. I'm going to go. I'll go Suns and seven. And then this one, the Bucks versus Celtics one. That's tough. I think Jalen Brown's the X factor here. I think he's going to show up. Give me Celtics and seven. I am with you 100% Celtics and uh, Suns are my picks. So we'll see. It could, you know, obviously go either way, totally opposite of what we picked and be Mavericks and Bucks, which I don't know, whatever. It's been a really good NBA playoff so far, though. And so I'm just enjoying the basketball we're getting. Definitely. Definitely. Great time. You know, great competitive games. So. We'll see what happens. Maybe some game winners or something like that. That's what I'd like to see since, you know, my team's not playing tomorrow. So Facts. I just want to see some, yeah, I just want to see some competitive basketball games. So Facts, but enough non-music talk. We are a music podcast after all. And one of the goats, Kendrick Lamar dropped. That's going to be the focus of our episode today. We're going to give our initial thoughts on this Kendrick Lamar album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, we haven't really done a review type thing. We kind of, you know, talked about the Jack Harlow thing. That was probably our most review-like thing we've done. Uh, but this is going to be the focus of the entire episode, mostly just taking a look at the songs from this album, you know, kind of going a little bit more in-depth, giving our opinions on what we like, you know, maybe what we don't like. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Our initial thoughts, though, of course, we've only had you know, 48 hours or whatever to digest this album. And it's a lot for those of you who haven't listened to it. It's complex. There's a lot going on as you would expect with the Kendrick Lamar project. Um, so we're just going to kind of talk about, you know, how we're feeling after a couple of listens. I've only given this album, you know, four or five listens. So nothing crazy yet, but. Definitely. I mean, on. yeah, there, there's a ton to unpack, you know, of course. And I mean, we just got to unpack it all. Let's start off with the heart part five released monday um kind of a surprise release there i mean my biggest takeaway was how fucking hard that cover was that that was so so dope to me with all the hands there you got kobe oj kanye amongst others so what were your thoughts on the heart part five music wise yeah so like you said i love the cover i think it was you know it's interesting it's like obviously none of the hearts have been on the album that they were coming out beforehand um and so i didn't know what to expect stylistically 
on Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, given what we had heard on the Hard Part 5, but I loved what we heard on the Hard Part 5. The beat was great. The sample was great. And then when he's like, take out the drums, that part was crazy. And she's got the bass line. Oh, so far. Um, but, you know, Kendrick's rapping from these different perspectives. The face shifting in the video was so cool. Especially loved when he got in the Nipsey part. That was really dope. He took over like, yeah, it sounded like something Nipsey would rap about. So it was really cool. That was my favorite one that he, uh, you know, rapped from their perspective. Did you have a favorite from that video? I, I got to agree with you on the Nipsey one. That was a really nice transition into it. Obviously, I I knew OJ's hand. That was really the only one that I knew just viewing the cover and then watching the music video, you know, kind of putting it all together. And I'd say that Nipsey part did go crazy. I mean, I have to agree with you on the drums as well. That is just, that's an ultimate hype for me, you know, blasting that in the car and then stop the drums. That just hits. So It's crazy. The other hand, though, I got to, I mean, the Kobe Bryant hand, you got to give respect it makes me think of that clip when i first saw this i thought of the clip where it's uh Kobe and he looks over the fan and he counts his fingers for the championship he has that's fire um obviously r.i.p the mamba the one of the goats one of my favorites of all time and so that was dope to see that because you know obviously it was mostly music that he was kind of switching into he got the jesse smollett and oj and kobe so i guess it was kind of half and half but it was pretty cool i love that kobe got that uh feature in the video Definitely great feature, of course, you know, and then like it's just bittersweet with the Nipsey and the Kobe one as well for, you know, obviously since the, since they've passed so, so soon. So, but yeah, that track was great and it got me so hyped and it was interesting because I feel like for years, as people have been anticipating the next Kendrick Lamar album, they were like, is there going to be a heart series song or is there not going to be there? Like, oh, there's only four chambers of the heart. The heart series is going to stop at four when it came out before damn um i never knew i was like you know whatever it's not necessarily like scientific like he's just dropping the song called the heart it's just the series like it's i think it was gonna come and then it did come sure enough i didn't know if we could get a single or anything and i don't consider this a single because it's not on the album obviously but uh it was great to get a taste of kendrick since it's been so long since we got kendrick so it was great got me really excited i think it built a lot of hype for this album so yeah, let's move here into the album. What are your, some of your first thoughts on, you know, the opening parts of this album and the intro, I guess? I mean, so with the first two tracks, you know, United in Grief and N95, those were two of the bigger bangers on the album for me. Um, you know, I don't, I just felt like, you know, they, they just had a little bit of different style, I guess. I mean, obviously, you know, it's the same flow for all the songs, but I mean, definitely two tracks I liked a lot and what were your thoughts, you know, initially? Let's go first three tracks here for you. So, yeah, initially, I think that um, United in Grief was a great intro. Obviously, when he's talking about um, how many days it's been, 1,855 days, I've been going through something like that was crazy. Like that, when I heard that line, that's what made it feel real. Like even when you see that Kendrick album on your phone, you're like, this is unbelievable. Like, I just don't know you because there's no expectation really going into it because you don't know what you're going to get uh, and that's kind of how it always goes with the Kendrick project I feel like um, obviously a little bit different when there are singles um, but I mean even when you look at a single like you know Humble for Damn I think that did a decent job of you know showing what we we're going to get on the album but it also was like you know there's a lot of different sounds you're getting on an album from Kendrick uh, that was no exception but then here you know it was great just to get that intro hear that hear Kendrick's voice you're like oh my god it's go time this is real like I had the headphones on and I just had I got a smile on my face like I just had to run it back I was like I am ready to get into were you, this were you able to listen right at midnight or well 11 so he, oh, here's yeah. my here's my funny I don't know if this actually happened or what if it was a dream so I went to bed at like 10 30 on uh what would have been Thursday night so you know I was I was gone asleep or whatever so then I just randomly wake up at 1230. I check my phone and I'm like, oh, Kendrick dropped. I go to Apple Music to see if it like, if it was working or not, not if it was working to see if it actually dropped or whatever. And like, it would not play for me. I don't know if Apple Music was down or what the deal with deal was with that, or if I was just actually asleep, just dreaming about it. But weird part, like weird, weird memory there that I had off the, my initial listen. So I was like, all right, I'll go back to bed. And then I woke up in the morning and listened to most of it. So that is wild um i did see that it crashed spotify and apple so i mean i believe that that was probably just real um because <laughs> that's pretty wild to dream about but 
obviously you got a lot in your mind when Kendrick was dropping. So maybe your subconscious knew. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. I love the intro. There's so many beat switches throughout this album. Um, I love all of them, especially on the first song. It just kind of, you know, you didn't know what you're getting. And then you kind of get a little switch. You're like, oh my God, what are, we're getting even something different than what I thought we were getting right off rip. And then, like you said, let's move it in N95 here a little bit. Probably the biggest banger, I would say, off this album. Um, it, you know, kind of talking about taking off the mask, taking off all this stuff, getting rid of all this materialism. What do you have? Uh, I thought that was a pretty dope song. Um, there's some really great lines on this song. You say, take out the Chanel, take out the Dolce, take off the Birkin bag, take off that designer bullshit off. What do you have? You know, pretty good, pretty good perspective from Kendrick, especially somebody who don't really, you know, associate with super materialistic lifestyle or anything like that. I feel like him and Jerry Cole are kind of like the same in that aspect. Like you don't see them rocking like high fashion, all this kind of stuff. They're just kind of, you know, keeping it low key. Definitely. That's, you know, it was my thoughts off uh, N95 as well. That was that. I mean, it's just a bar, you know, just that initial part there with all that. I mean, it explains Kendrick so well. I mean, definitely, like you said, biggest banger on the album. So. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of, you know, getting ahead of ourselves here, but and I think it's, you know, goes with what we're talking about here. Do you think there's like a hit on this album? No, there is not. But there's not going to be this commercial hit off this album. It's something that someone that, you know, actually digests the music and, you know, listens to the music, you know, they're not just listening to it just for the bangers or, you know, the hype beats and everything. They're not going to be able to appreciate it as much as, you know, the person that's trying to dissect this album, dissect what he's saying, dissect the beats, the flow of the album. I mean, it's just not, it's not a commercial hit, but it is still a very, very good album. Definitely 10 out of 10, a little ahead of myself there, but. Respect. Yeah. I think this had like one of the, my favorite first listens of basically like any album, like just cause there's so much hype behind it. Um, but yeah, it was kind of interesting because there wasn't like that standout that I was like, Oh, this is going to be the one like, I feel like most albums you can tell like, okay, this is the one they're trying to have be the hit. Um, and that wasn't the case with this one. Like one of the first things I thought about was the DJ Khaled mysterious music. This kind of feels like mysterious music. Like I could hear somebody saying that about this album. Cause you know, it's going to do big numbers. We'll get into that a little bit later, but people are gonna be like, I haven't heard anybody listen to this album. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you're gonna see on people's stories, you know, on, you know, Twitter, stuff like that, but you're not gonna hear it on the radio. You're not gonna hear it on the aux, really. Unless it's like you and the homies, but you're not gonna hear it like at a party, like, cause I'd be played in the club. So it's kind of interesting. Like, it's just not, I don't know. Like Kendrick didn't. Yeah, like, so my best explanation for it, I was talking to Anthony a little bit about it. And I was like, it's more headphone music more than anything, or, you know, it's listening by yourself. That's absolutely. And I feel like that's another thing here. Like it's such a cohesive album. I feel like um, even it's, I think it's even hard to pick a song that like stands out. Like they're obviously good songs, but, the, and like we said, there's not hits, but it's just like, everything just goes together so well. And there's just kind of a feeling that this whole album has, um, it's deeply personal and yeah like i think it all just goes together it's headphone music like you said so getting into it you know I, i've been waiting to ask you this i didn't text you it or bring up any songs what was your favorite track off your first few listens i got two i gotta go with father time and crown i was, I was gonna guess that one i was gonna guess father time that would have been my guess for you yeah i think obviously i've known I'm a noted Sampa fan. So anytime he's going to get a feature on a song, we talked about some, you know, cheat code features last week with Ty Dolla Sign and BJ Chicago kid. Sampa's right there with them. I mean, he is one of the goats of features. He's killed every feature he's been on. St. Pablo, too much. Yeah, he's just crazy. Um, shout out to Sampa. He's one of my favorite artists. Uh, need his project coming this year too, hopefully. But anyway. Yeah, those are two of my favorites. I love Crown, which we'll get into a little bit later. But what about you? What was your initial? What, what do you think? I didn't get, I didn't ask you, or I should have asked, but what do you think the, uh, my favorite track on the album is? We'll start off with that and then I'll tell you my favorite. Um, I'm forgetting the name, but I'm going to guess the song with Kodak. That was not, uh, that was obviously a good song. I didn't, I wouldn't put those two together. We'll get into that maybe a little bit later, but 
this one has been on constant rotation since it came out. I've probably listened to this, definitely listened to this one the most. I had We Cry Together with Taylor Page. That is just such a fucking banger. You know, I mentioned how I kind of, how I like the, you know, old Eminem back in the day. And that's what the vibes it gave me completely. Kim by Eminem, if you've ever heard it, of course, that that is the one it gave me. And it's so like crazy to see Taylor Page, an actor, go like bar to bar, bar to bar with Kendrick. I mean, it was wild. Okay. I didn't look into who Taylor Page was. I was like, oh, she's just hard. I've heard of so she's an actor actress yeah yeah um, she's in boogie that was where i knew her from oh, okay, yeah. okay i have that but, added to my list but i haven't watched it yet <laughs> no insane what she did on that song and kendrick as well gotta give him his props there yeah that song is pretty crazy like you said strong eminem vibes i saw that on twitter like I thought it my first listen I saw on Twitter and I was like, man, I thought I was like really doing something. Like I really thought I was, <laughs> even the way he said some of his lines, I was like, that sounds like something Eminem would say. And like the exact same way he would say it. Uh, I do have a story about Kim. I mean, so I was in, I think fifth or sixth grade and I was staying the night at one of my friend's house and it was like his birthday party or something. And we slept outside in a tent. Um, I don't, it was hot. So it must've been summer. And I remember this was like the classic age where you would like prank call people. And so we would prank call people. And then some kid we prank called was like, Oh, I'm part of the Hoopston mafia. I'm going to pull up on you. I was like, what are you talking about? And so we set up all night. We were like half tweaking. Cause we're like, Oh my God, like he's serious. But now we, we knew he wasn't, but it was just, we just, fucked around all night and then i remember we listened to kim by eminem shout out to nate allison he put us on and that was like one of the craziest songs i'd ever heard at that time because i'm like you know 12 or whatever and eminem is just spazzing on this song going crazy saying some super out-of-pocket stuff uh yeah so pretty crazy yeah no that's i was gonna bring that up about how you were the first person that ever showed me kim i I don't know if you remember that but no yeah i was probably like 10 or 11 years old listen to that i was like what the fuck yeah just going probably, back on. i probably saw it that day i was like i gotta show you this <laughs> i i think it was you and your friends too it, may, it wasn't just you there that showed me it so that was pretty crazy but uh you know strong vibes from that and then the ending even more just is like it's like the perfect outro to that's what i just heard you know it is it's it was definitely an interesting song i was texting my friend levi while i was listening to the album for the first time and I think I was a couple songs ahead of him. And I was like, that's like the most interesting song on this album so far. And it, it's just such a unique song. You don't really hear anybody making a song like that. Um, and I think it's, you know, obviously I think there is some Eminem, Kim inspiration there, but I think it's very different in the same time because I mean, Kim, like Kim is dialogue in that song. And then this hits straight like rapping. Straight, yeah, and like, that, that was like- that's, I mean, another interesting part about it is you have a person that's not even, you know, really into music like that, that is going just fucking nuts on the track, like back and forth. It was, that's what, I mean, probably stuck out the most to me on this project as a whole. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. I don't know. It's a great song. But let's go back here. We t- skipped over, um, you know, Worldwide Steppers here, Die Hard, and Father Time. Yeah, we skipped over a couple songs here in the in the start of the album. What did you think about this next stretch of the album? Were there any standouts here to you? I loved Die Hard, you know, along with Father Time, you know, that was right after it. But um, Die Hard was another great track. I was really a a bigger fan of the first half of the album, the Steppers part of the album. I've seen opposite opinions, though, for the Um, majority. On the second half, yeah. But, you know, I think I enjoyed the first half more. I mean, I enjoyed both parts, obviously, but... I think, you know, for me personally, tracks like Die Hard, you know, the ones that are sprinkled in there like that, put it over for me, along with, you know, like you said, in 95, we've already talked about it, and Father Time with Sampha as well. So what are your thoughts on that, though? Yeah, I think that's a, you know, a pretty good stretch. I think both sides are, you know, it's pretty close between side one and side two, which one I would pick here, but I don't know, side two, we'll get into it a little bit later, but I think it just hits a little bit different. You talk about some, you know, things that don't always get talked about in rap, especially, um i love it kodak black having multiple appearances on this project was something i never would have guessed and he killed it kodak killed it i loved um the inclusion of kodak on uh 
the ASAP Rocky testing album. I forget the song. I think it was Call Drops or something like that. Um, I love that. Just a little codex sprinkled in there. And we kind of get that here with this album. We get some different Kodak features here. Um, kind of just small little vocals here. And then you get the verse um, on Silent Hill. But yeah, overall, I think this was, you know, a great start to the album. Um, but it's interesting, I guess, like start to the album. If it, are we talking, I don't know. It's kind of hard because it's like two, it's a double album technically. So I don't know. It's just, I don't know, confusing to talk about, I guess. Cause it's like, I consider it the middle of the album track nine, but technically it's the end of the first album. So I don't know, whatever. But anyway. yeah, I think they're, I think it's very cohesive as well. You know, it's not like you're getting these two different sounds, you know, like somewhere like on Scorpion with Drake, where he had just completely different sounds. I think they go together well enough that I could see the confusion there. Facts. But anyway, yeah, I really loved it. Um, as I mentioned, Father Time was Sampa crazy. Uh, but Die Hard, I think, I don't know, it kind of stands out to me because it sounds like the most mainstream song on here, possibly. Like the instrumental is kind of, you know, poppy to an extent. Like, I don't know, I just kind of see it as being like maybe the closest thing to the hit on the album, which... I don't know, but I also see Father Time that way too. But even though it's not like a song you would hear on the radio, like those two are the hits, I guess, to me. Even though um, Die Hard might not be my favorite, I think it's in that category. Definitely, and I can agree with you on that. That'd be right up there with uh, my, one of my top picks for you know what I think would be the commercial hit off this album. So, yeah, but then obviously we got to get into that Purple Hearts song. That was great. Summer Walker, Ghostface killed it. Um, one thing I saw on Twitter that, you know, kind of made me think they were like, how are you going to get Summer Walker when you have access to SZA? And I was like, damn, you got a point. Um, that was an interesting thing that stood out to a lot of people here. It's Kendrick's final release on TDE and no TDE artists are featured. What are your thoughts on that? That I saw. So I saw that tweet as well. And I was like, and then I saw the next tweet where he didn't have any TDE um, features on it as well. So. I mean, I think he's just moved past it. You know, he got his last project out for Top Dog Entertainment, and I think he's kind of moving on. Um, you know, we got the Tana Leone and Baby Keem features on there off the off PG Lang, so I think he's just going into that next chapter for sure. I know, I do too, but it was so crazy. Like, with the double album, I feel like there was so much potential for closure with TDE and then a start with PG Lang. I saw somebody say, like, what if he pulls a Frank Ocean Endless and Blonde? He gets out of his TDE with his Endless track or his side one. And then with the second part of the album, it's the first PG Lang release. That would be pretty interesting. That would be pretty cool if he did what was talked about with Damn, where you drop something on, you know, Friday and then Sunday. Like, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, but it would be pretty cool if, you know, on the first half he had TDE and it was, you know, closure. And then it was something really like, the start of something new with the PG Lang side. That would have been pretty interesting. I think that would have been a good way to, you know, maybe approach this, but I like the way he did what he did. Definitely. I would have enjoyed that a lot, you know, closing the door and opening another, but it just made too much sense for it to happen. It did. One thing I thought about instantly, as soon as I opened the album, didn't even click a song yet. I had one issue. The features were listed. I love when they have unlisted features on albums and i don't know kendrick especially somebody that you wait so long for that first listen is so special i kind of wish that these features wouldn't have been listed I'm, i think i'm in the opposite on that one you know i'm not a mm. big fan of it you know one of my favorite albums probably ever World has that and it was really fun to dissect who's in it and everything on off initial listen but I mean, just put them on there, you know, why, why not? What's the, you know, what's the difference, I guess. I don't know. I think it just makes that first lesson so much more special when it's like all a surprise. Like I was like, Sampa's on this song. Cool. But like, I kind of wish I would have just heard him because his voice is so special and hearing it as a surprise would have been great. Same thing with like Keem and all these people that, you know, we had thought might be on this album, but we didn't know. And so I think it would have been cool to get that surprise um, some of my favorite albums, you know, Igor, Unlisted Features. And I think it's a good thing that you could do. I think a good thing you could do would be to have those Unlisted Features for maybe the first week and then you can list the features just to make the first couple listens so special and just give people an opportunity to have that first listen, have that surprise, even if they're unable to listen like right at midnight. 
Um, and then when everybody's heard it and it's no longer a surprise, just show it. But I think that first listen is special and I wish there would have been unlisted features on here. Definitely. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from, but personally for me, I, I like the listed features. So. But I mean, getting into Baby Keem a little bit, what were your thoughts on Savior Interlude? I thought this was fire. Like, <laughs> I almost wanted to say it was my favorite song, uh, but then I was like, no, nah, it's not. Like, it's I'm, I'm just, you know, hyping it up a little bit too much because I love Keem. But it is great. Like, Keem does his thing. He does his thing on uh, Savior as well. But uh, yeah, I thought it was solid. Keem, obviously, there's been some, you know, some talk over the past week here. We got some reference tracks leaked from Kendrick. You know, maybe doing some different verses, you know, showing parts of 16, even rumors of him doing J-Rock's verse on Money Trees. We kind of talked about this a little bit, but what are your thoughts on those allegations, those leaks, all that? I mean, obviously it, it discredits it a little bit, but I mean, they're still, you know, making a great track. They're still singing a great track, so... I mean, as big as a, of a deal as people make it, to me personally, I I look past it honestly. How respect? What, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, like for the J Rock one, especially because you know he fuck he he outdid Kendrick, you know. But I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. Fine. That one I'm kind of like whatever on because there's no video or anything. There's no mm-hmm. like proof, so I'm like okay, I I believe J Rock did it. Um, but then you hear the reference tracks for 16 i think it was bullies off of die for my bitch and then you got the keem line where he's like they act like i don't be writing my raps i'm like "Mm, that was my only thing with it it was the for his uh bar on uh family ties was i mean you can't really you can't play both sides like that it's my thing but that's my only issue with it no and i mean there's talk like I saw some video saying, oh, Kendrick has a very hands-on approach. Maybe he was just kind of saying, oh, how I'd say those lines. And I like to think that that's what it was. I I believe that these people are doing their own verses. And I mean, even if they're not necessarily, like there's so many people that have help with their verses, like it's nothing. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, like is it that much bigger of a deal if you credit someone and, you know, they, I mean, I don't know. It's just, we go on and on about it, but. you know, we, we, we could. Anyway, whatever. Let's get back in the album here. Um, but yeah, Keem, I thought killed it. What did you think about the Keem features on this project? I loved his feature on Savior, obviously, and then the interlude as well. You know, hopefully this is the passing of a torch. You know, I thought maybe that we got that with Family Ties or you know some of the songs he's featured on on the melodic blue. But I don't know. I'm I'm very excited to see what we get for from Keem for his next project about a year away or you know i think you said two years i'll give you the summary so yeah he did i forgot he said that that's fire i don't because i was what i was like oh what is he gonna drop but yeah that's that's a good point so i mean it's just what what direction he's gonna go is he gonna take that leap into superstardom or is he kind of gonna be at the standstill where we've seen where with artists like you know roddy rich or jack harlow where they have all the success off their first project and then they don't do too well on their second so we'll to see what happens Man. Uh, the thing I will say about that is I feel like Keem has a very unique circumstance because of the people he's surrounded by. Um, I feel like they're just PG Lang is going to be just pushing boundaries for the next decade or decades to come. And I feel like they won't let him just put out music just to put out music and they won't let him just put out commercial hits. Like they're going to be doing something like innovative and groundbreaking and, boundary pushing with all these different projects and i think that's a the reason they took a chance on tana leone you know he's relatively small but he has a unique sound and potential to take it to the next level same thing with keem i think obviously he has a tie to kendrick but beyond that he's you know been putting in work he has great production credits he produced a couple songs on this project as well he's been killing that so i think beyond his rapping he's a great producer as well i think that's something you know that makes him stand apart from the other people you mentioned definitely and i mean it'll just be interesting to see and you know only time will tell of course what were your thoughts on the tana leone feature as well it was pretty good my biggest thought on that song i thought the beat sounded like something from the black panther soundtrack no i definitely have to agree with you on the uh the black panther 
feet comparison or whatever on that. But I thought Tana Leone, he did his thing, you know, he, from his project even, or the little two-part EP that we got initially from him, he has a lot of untapped potential. You know, I've heard a lot of different sounds from him so far and everything. I mean, that's one of my picks that he could blow. He could blow pretty big. Him and Keem could, you know, pioneer that next wave for PG Lang, like you said. They're going to be around for a long time, so hopefully they're they're at the front of that. Facts. And then, you know, we're talking about Keem, talking about Savior. I feel like this is, you know, some of the standout lines from the album. He says, uh, Kendrick made you think about it, but he is not your savior. Cole made you feel empowered, but he is not your savior. Future said, get a money counter, but he is not your savior. Braun made you give his flowers, but he is not your savior. I thought those were pretty good lines. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I love that little part there at the beginning of the track. It just kind of sets the tone for the track, of course, and kind of sets the tone for the album or the future. So, Yeah, I think it's like the second half of the album, obviously you go back to Crown, kind of like can't please everybody. I think that's a really great line. And I think it's a look into Kendrick's mental and just kind of where he's at in his career and life, I guess. Um, and so then kind of moving in here to he's not your savior. Like, and you look at the album cover, he's got the crown of thorns on like he's Jesus, but he is not your savior. You know what I mean? I thought that was interesting. And, you know, I think there's been a lot of memes recently about like Kendrick fans be like, and they're just diving into these lines. But <laughs> when I first heard that set of lines, it made me think about the four people he chose to mention Kendrick, Cole, Future, and LeBron. And so I saw another little like video or I saw a, something saying that um, this originally had Kanye mentioned in it instead of LeBron, which probably would have made more sense because, you know, those are four artists and LeBron's, you know, not. But then it, I got to thinking. And, you know, he's savior, you know, all this stuff. Did he call out those four because they're kings in quotes? You know, King Kendrick. Then you look at Down Bad, King Cole, long live King Cole for his name, long may he reign. Future, the toxic king, and LeBron, King James. I feel like they all have some tie to king. And that might be a stretch, but that's what I thought of when I first heard that song. Yeah, you're coming off of, as one of those fans. I think, you know, what? what's the stretch there is the toxic king one. Yeah, I agree. That that was the biggest stretch, but everybody calls Future the Toxic King for real. Like that's just a thing now, you know what I mean? So like I don't know about that. Like outside of Hoodville, who who's calling Future the Toxic King consistently? <laughs> you're right, you're right. I guess I'm just I just see yeah, that too much. Um, I don't know. I call him the Toxic King. We call yeah, him the Toxic King. No, I don't, we both whatever, we whatever. both do, but you know, I do it because you know Hoodville, you know, I'm always seeing it on Hoodville and everything, but I mean I like it. I just think maybe you're looking a little too deep. I don't know. Maybe, uh, And I did preface that by saying how those Kendrick fans are, and I'm being one of them. But hey, that was I'm just saying what I thought. I'm not saying that's necessarily what he meant, but it, it's what it made me think of. Uh, so anyway, whatever. <laughs> but in the second half of the album, I feel like Kendrick touches on a lot of topics here that, you know, aren't typically addressed in rap, specifically on Auntie Diary. That was a pretty interesting song, you know, talking about transgender issues, all this sort of stuff. Something that you don't really see rappers talk about. That was one thing, you know, we talked about, about Brock Hampton. They talked about some things rap typically didn't mention or address. And I feel like Kendrick did the same thing here with that. And then some sort of like uh, sexual abuse and all this sort of stuff on Mother I Sober. So I feel like it was just a pretty interesting end of the album. What do you think about these two tracks, Auntie Diary and Mother Eyes Over? I feel like if any artist is going to do it the correct way and, you know, have genuine meaning behind it, it's going to be Kendrick. So, I mean, I kind of liked what he did with it. Um, just the, I don't know if I can, if I can go with the, you know, the, you know, the F part about that, you know, I think he could have left that one out, left it alone. But I mean, I think if there's anyone that should do it, it should be Kendrick because, I mean, there's going to be obviously this meaning, an actual meaning behind it versus, you know, just getting it in there just to drop a bar, so. Yeah, I don't think there was any, like, ill intent by Kendrick saying the F-slur. Um, that's what we'll call it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was just kind of showing the changes in his life. Like, that's such a common thing, especially when you're younger and especially, like, past generations, like, especially when Kendrick was growing up, you know, in the 90s or whatever, 
I don't know, I actually don't know how old Kendrick is really. So, but I think the nineties probably <laughs> anyway, um, into today where he's comparing it to saying the N word with this white fan and like, neither are okay. Um, and so I think that's, you know, an interesting way to put it. And well, the one line I really loved was when he's talking about the, you know, the religious part in the church and the pastor chose humanity over religion. And I think that's really interesting. Cause like so many people grow up with the church and their kind of beliefs are set on this, but sometimes, you know, you got to take a look beyond that and value the person over, you know, just what you're being told. And so I really like that, but obviously I love the part where he's like, see, I was taught words was nothing more than a sound. If ever they was pronounced with any intentions, um, the very second you challenged the shit I was kicking reminded me about a show I did out the city. That time I brung a fan on stage to rap, but disapproved the word that she couldn't say with me. You said Kendrick in room for contradiction to truly understand love switch position. Efsler, Efsler, Efsler. We could say it together, but only if you let a white girl say the N word. Um, interesting obviously a big moment in Kendrick's tour like uh, that went super viral was when he brought that white girl on stage and she dropped the n-word like three times too um, casually on that one way too casually and she was like gripping the mic she was about it uh but yeah it was pretty crazy um and so yeah I don't know it it's just an interesting song interesting topic very touchy subject people are taking you know kind of offense I feel like to some of these things the part where he's talking about Demetrius is Marianne now. Um, people are also taking a certain way about that, feel a certain way about that because, you know, kind of misgendering because she's Marianne, but he's referring to her as Demetrius, uh, her, you know, former identity. So that's interesting, you know, touchy subject. I feel like difficult to make everybody happy. Definitely a controversial way to go about it. Um, don't know if that was the intent, but I do like where his heart was that i feel like like he was just trying to tell the story and i feel like everything he did was to show the like naive mentality of when you're younger and you're not thinking anything about these things and then he kind of just grew up around these things and i don't know it definitely affected the way he is today and the way he sees the world and all this different stuff so i like the track it's one of my favorites honestly no yeah i love the track don't get me wrong and you know i'm i think i'm in complete agreement with you on that you know just where it's not looked at as badly. Obviously it shouldn't probably shouldn't be said or it shouldn't be said by anyone, but you know, but there's deeper meaning behind it. You know, he's not just saying it just to, you know, slide in a bar there. So, but I mean, that'd just be my opinion on it. Of course, you know. Yeah. That was the thing I saw. It was like on Twitter, everybody was saying it's not really our place to say whether it's right or wrong. Like it's, you know, the people who he's directly talking about. So yeah, I like it, but not necessarily for me to say, oh, good or bad. So whatever. yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely on that. Um, moving on here though, album closed out with the Tana Leon track. We didn't get into mirror at all though. Did we? No, we got mirror as the outro. Good song. I mean, I, the chorus little here that just, he keeps saying, I choose me. I'm sorry. That I kind of just love because I feel like that goes with the theme a lot here on the second part with no, I can't please everybody on crown. And savior, where Kendrick made you think about it, but he is not your savior. And it's kind of like all these people are looking up to him, and he kind of feels pressure. It feels like, but then he's like, "I choose myself." I'm sorry, and I think that's you know sometimes you got to do that. You got to put yourself first. All this different stuff, like people expect a certain thing from Kendrick Lamar. They expect music. They expect appearances. All this stuff, concerts. But you got to choose yourself sometimes and do what you want to do and. I think we're seeing that from Kendrick. He took five years off between the albums. <laughs> Definitely. And, you know, I would, this, I mean, this album is in no way, you know, an emo rap thing, but I mean, that's obviously such a big thing. And like the albums I love or the artists I love, you know, is when they're able to, you know, dive into that emotional, like vulnerability and pain and everything. And, you know, hip hop numbers tweeted earlier, 85% of Kendrick's bars dealt with emotional pain and vulnerability. That is crazy. Um, you know, I love that theme off the album though. That's a, you know, another big thing that we got from Ramona Park broke my heart, you know, that, that pain and vulnerability. It's, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed the album because of that for me. I agree. Um, this is one thing I was going to tell you this morning and then I forgot. I feel like I just saw somebody on YouTube do, I think that it was a 10 second review of an album. 
I think we should one-up them. If you had to do a one-word review of this album or how it made you feel, what would the word be? Uh, I'll go first. I'll go yeah, first. I'll let you yeah, think about it. I got you. My word was intimate. There are so many moments on this album that I feel like we're getting a look at Kendrick deeper than we ever have before. His mind state throughout this album is just on full display on all these different tracks. You're kind of seeing how he's feeling different moments in his life that have made him who he is. Um, even if you look at like, we cry together, that is like an intimate moment. And it's just such like a, a raw moment that I don't know. It's just crazy. And it's just a look that we haven't seen before. Not many art, other artists give. I thought it was really interesting overall, but intimate was my one word. I'd go with, um, I'd say either raw or confident, um, you know, confident, you know, at the state of mind that he's in, I feel like that's a huge thing, you know, for regardless of your state of mind, whether you're, you know, having all these happy thoughts or, you know, thoughts like what he put onto the paper here. And I think it was just very confident, you know, and it, it was also cohesive and put together. Well, Max, I like that. I like raw. Raw's a great word as well. Kind of goes with intimate, but that's kind of what we're getting on this. It's just a lot of emotion, a lot of vulnerability. And it's just great to hear Kendrick's voice after so many years off. Like uh, he could have done basically anything. And I think people would like it. Um, but I think he really did something here. Like Kendrick could have just coasted on this album. He could have put out, you know, a sequel to another album sonically, but this is in so many ways, unlike any project I've heard before, there's so many beat switches. It sounds like theatrical almost at times, but vulnerable and intimate. It's just, you know, crazy project overall. Definitely. And lyrically, this is, you know, one we're just going to keep diving into there. This isn't something that you can, you know, fully understand off your first 10 lessons, you know, it's just something that it's just going to keep garnering and, you know, keep building that momentum and you'll understand, maybe we'll understand it one day. Facts. And that was one thing I was going to say, we started review, but I'll say it now. We call it review. I don't know. I don't like calling it review because it's like, <laughs> I don't feel like the one to be giving critiques on Kendrick Lamar. You know what I Definitely. mean? Like there's no, like, I'm just saying what I like really and what I think there's nothing that I could tell Kendrick Lamar that's going to change what he does or how he does it. Kendrick is, you know, one of the greatest, all these rappers that we talk about are obviously people that we look up to we're fans of. So I don't want to really be negative with any of these things, but anyway, yeah, I always, I mean, just, yeah, no, no negative thoughts. I mean, towards any yeah. artist, it, none of these aren't reviews. I wouldn't say I'd say there are thoughts on it. Would be a better way of wording that. Facts. I feel like yeah, reviews is kind of a you know umbrella term, but I just want to kind of clarify that. Like, and if you disagree with what we're saying here, (laughs) we've listened to this album a couple times, it's been out for a couple of days. Um, so yeah, just you know, don't necessarily take everything we say here for everything. Think for yourself, enjoy the music. If you like it, you like it. If you don't like it, cool. I'm just telling you what we like. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You know, I like doing this, I like you know, giving our thoughts on it. So but anyways, moving into album sales here, a little under what everyone's initial uh, projections were, it is projected to sell 300 to 350,000 first week. What are your thoughts on that? I think based on the album, it makes sense. I think if there was the one hit, it would do higher. Um, especially if that one hit had been released as a single, it would probably have done higher. Um but for the way the project is has been rolled out, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, that's obviously a very impressive total, if that's what it does hit. Yeah. Um, it'd be the highest of the year. Um, but I think it makes sense because it is a double album. It's longer. And it's so... Uh, there's so many layers to it that you want to listen to it multiple times. You want to kind of just catch something on the second list you didn't catch on the first catch something entirely new on the third list and like you just want to keep listening it's the only thing i've listened to basically since it came out um i'm so yeah i think it just has that replay value that is really going to add to the sales totals and yeah i think it makes sense that it's yeah the i mean year so far yeah that is a very good number to hit i mean that's something nobody this year has done along with there's no physical sales from it so if you take out physical sales from damn this would this is on pace to either tie or outsell it so 
we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, it'd still be Kendrick's highest selling album just off, you know, without physical sales. So damn sold over 600 K first week, but you get factor in all the physical copies that sold that with, with that as well. And I mean, it's just kind of like a theme this year of, I wouldn't say this album underperformed by any means, but I feel like, you know, just for what it was put out, you know, like you said, no lead single or that commercial hit, it's just, I think it's very good. Very good sales from that. Yeah. I think it obviously is a little bit lower than the projections like weeks ago, but I mean, we really have no idea like what those numbers are based off, what those projections are based off of. Um, But I think with what we got makes a lot of sense. I think it's doing pretty well. So uh, hopefully it can continue this pace, just like another album, Future. We'll kind of move into the news with that note, though. Future, it looks like he's going to regain the number one spot, beating Jack Harlow. Future's second week versus Jack Harlow's first week. What did you think when you saw that news? Uh, It was a little bit surprising, honestly. You know, um, Jack Harlow still sold triple digits, you know, which is very impressive, of course. Um, Not to look too deep into album sales or anything, but I think Future did have the better project, and I think it was more deserving of that. I agree. I just think it's pretty crazy. Like, I feel like in the streaming age, especially that first week is obviously going to be the big one. Um, And so if you're not number one, the first one, like, that's kind of it. But um, unless something really big happens for whatever reason to, you know, give it another boost later on. But I don't know. It's just crazy. Like, I kind of would have thought Jack Harlow would have had it just because, you know, I feel like it did not necessarily live up to the hype. Um, but I feel like so many people had to have given it that first listen, at least, you know what I mean? So I don't know. I feel like it had enough hype to have gotten the number one spot, but future delivered and he's been just riding that wave and obviously putting out the video for wait for you and all this stuff. I feel like probably gave it a little another boost. So I'm happy for future though. Definitely. And like looking, I mean, looking into even back on the Kendrick a little bit, you know, you're seeing in these Twitter replies, you know, Drake's better. Drake sold 600 K first week, no physical. I mean, it doesn't matter though, you know, sales does not judge how good the album is or anything, you know, three of our favorite projects this year, Melt My Eyes to Your Future, Ramona Park Broke My Heart, and Saba's Few Good Things, those are all projects that didn't sell 20k first week, but they're still up there for my personal favorite projects of the year, so. Absolutely, I I think it's kind of just about, like, I don't base how good an album is off of the sales, but it's kind of just like, the respect it's getting yeah like, definitely you want to see your favorite album do those big numbers um so it's just kind of crazy like that people aren't necessarily like those albums that you mentioned specifically they aren't getting the hype that they deserve kendrick is though on the other hand so just not necessarily the hype that was projected but still very very high number definitely moving on to some more news this week you know past all the kendrick stuff past all the album sales there is a crazy Rico case going on with YSL. People are looking at life in the prison. Young Thug and Gunner are both locked up currently. What are your thoughts on all that? It's so crazy. All this different stuff coming out. They're kind of trying to pin all this stuff on Young Thug as like the leader of YSL. And they're saying all this stuff is, you know, it's a Rico case. So everybody benefited from the actions that were happening not necessarily or even if they didn't necessarily execute the actions um so pretty pretty crazy a lot going on i feel like there's a lot of levels to it um and a lot of it's over my head like i haven't really looked into the rico cases too much but like seeing all this stuff i'm like jesus christ like crazy so i hope for the best for them obviously because you look at somebody like metro boomin who just came out and was like why is not a gang like they're not doing this Mm -hmm. like that's just how it is like I mean, obviously, I feel like I'm sure there were some crimes committed, but the Rico case and all that, like, I don't know. It just seems a little bit overboard, I feel like. Definitely. We'll have to see how it all unfolds. You know, obviously, it's not in our hands at all or anything. Obviously, you know, our opinion's going to want them free. But, I mean, if they're guilty, they're guilty. So, I mean, I guess we'll have to see how it all unfolds in court. So, I guess so. And then other sad news for YSL. Lil Keed passed away tragically last night. The news broke uh, pretty early in the morning, I guess, technically on Saturday. It's crazy. I'm not 
a huge like i don't listen to low key very often but it's still just terrible news to see yeah another you know young young artist successful clearly signed to ysl and everything gone too soon with that and it's just unfortunate to hear of course facts and i didn't see a cause or anything like that but just sad either way no matter what happened but obviously we talked a lot about kendrick here let's move on to some other things there were other albums that dropped this week <laughs> very few though um we got a pro- project here from johan lennox as well as quile chris um i haven't had a chance to give either of them a listen honestly want to give them a listen the johan lennox album did have some good features that were you know looked pretty exciting and then we got singles this week post malone featuring rowdy rich the baby and young chris and lo yachty i'm gonna guess you haven't given any of these listings except for maybe the post malone one i did give the post malone and rowdy okay. rich song you know okay. um it was definitely a great song great summer vibe those are two of my guys you know going looking back on my i think it was 21 replay they are prevalent a lot in there and then even in the my replay of 20 as well so i thought they both did their thing on there it's a great single. I'm very excited to see what Posty does. So, yeah, I haven't given any of these songs a listen yet. Been all in on Kendrick, even though Post did drop, I think, during the day on Thursday. So, yeah, probably should have given a listen like right away, but didn't do it. I was just too excited for Kendrick going through some of the classics. Um, but yeah, gonna get definitely give some of these songs a listen. So, maybe we'll let you know what we think next week on these. But in other news, Joey Badass announces 2000. His project is going to drop on June 17th. I'm pretty excited for this. Obviously, a follow-up to 1999 that dropped 10 years ago, which is crazy to think about. That is crazy. You know, a sequel 10 years apart is insane. I'm just, I'm very interested to see what he does with the sound is my my biggest thing. Is it going to be similar to what he had there? Or are we going to get something, you know, that he's been doing recently, so. Yeah, I think uh, the newer singles, if they're going to be singles, uh, you know, Head High and The Revenge, not necessarily something you hear on 1999. 1999 has more of like boom bap type style. Um, but I, like you said, it has been 10 years. A sequel 10 years later, like I don't think you could necessarily expect the exact same thing, like a follow-up sonically. Like I think it's going to be something, you know, different than that. So we'll see if those singles make this project. Obviously, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago. He was overseas with Chance the Rapper. Would love to get a song with those two on this project um, or on Chance's project whenever that comes out. Either way, need that song. Um, But very excited for this. Joey is one of the best rappers in the game to me. Like, I love Joey Badass. I think all his projects have been great so far in his career, and it's been a while since he's dropped. He's almost on that same Kendrick timetable, so... um, We'll have to see what we get, but I'm definitely ready for Joey. Definitely very exciting news there. And then the Alchemist confirms new music with Schoolboy Q. I just he just posted this probably in 30 minutes before we started recording. I was just scrolling through Twitter, so I had to throw that in. What are your expectations for this? Nothing but heat. The Alchemist always delivers. You know, you get just like super powerful instrumentals with him, beautiful instrumentals. He was uh, producer on we cry together on mr mal and the big steppers you know your favorite song and that beat was crazy like <laughs> i saw it, it when perfectly uh huh. when uh you know i feel like whenever the first listen is happening everybody on twitter is kind of the timeline's going crazy basically um and everybody's like he's doing eminem kim over a griselda beat and i was like yeah that's facts like this is crazy this beat is crazy and that song as a whole was crazy, but The Alchemist especially. Got love for him. He's one of my favorite producers of all time, probably. Um, it's been a minute since we heard from Schoolboy Q. Um, I was just listening to the song Black Folk earlier. One of my favorites from him. Um, so yeah, definitely excited for new Schoolboy Q. Definitely. Super exciting. Super exciting on both. You know, we didn't get too much this week on like who's dropping, who's not dropping. So I'm interested to see what we'll have for this next coming week here, but but I think that about wraps it up for this week. You know, a lot to unpack there with the Kendrick Lamar project and, you know, a lot of other stuff outside of music itself. So um, any closing thoughts from you, Johnny? Yeah, I just enjoyed this episode. Enjoyed getting to take a deeper dive into an album. This is really the first time we've done something like that on the podcast. 
let us know what you thought. Let us know if you enjoyed this style. Let us know if we didn't go in depth enough on the songs. Let, we know, let us know if we went too in depth on songs. I don't know. I didn't want to spend too hey, much time. We're on open to all tracks. feedback. Yeah. Open to all feedback. Leave us a question for next week at second Avenue pod, all socials go enter the Instagram giveaway. Still giving away the record player. Good kid, mad city and kitsy ghost on vital. Go show some love. Definitely. I, I think... post back, you know, we're not too far away from 200 followers. You know, we're getting there slowly. Help us get there a little bit faster. So we can get these items to one of you. Definitely. Let's, Let's give that stuff away um, this month. Let's get it going this month. I'm, I'll sh- we'll ship it out this month, hopefully. So, but Johnny, I'll see you in the conference finals. Mm, I like that. Thank you for that reassurance. The Celtics are going to win. Um, but as this episode drops, they might be out. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see how I'm feeling when this episode drops. <laughs> hopefully, I'm feeling good. But anyway, we'll see how it all turns out. We'll see you guys next week back with another episode. Our boy. Charles Davino is coming on. We're going to do a tier list of songs that make white people go crazy. It's going to be a banger. You don't want to miss it. Make sure to follow us. Drop a like if you're watching on YouTube. Give us a rating on Apple or Spotify. Just show us some love. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you.